0: Welcome to MM Plays, our podcast where we design, play, and discuss a game and campaign. Along the way, we will alternate episodes between actual play adventures and the analysis and discussion of games and design theories that relate to the campaign we're playing. For this campaign, we'll be using the mechanics of Cortex Prime, designed by Cam Banks. We randomly selected a theme and ended up with swashbuckling high school urban fantasy. So, join MM Plays as we explore and enjoy a new campaign. And now for the introduction of our players.
1: My name's Chris Nizak and I'll be playing Silas Flameworth, son of the Flameworth family with a frozen soul that's not my own.
2: I'm Old Man Logan. I'm playing Henrik Gunny Gunderson, a normal teenager who's about to discover something extraordinary. My name is Jerry and I'm playing Santiago Zircon. He is the rebellious and reluctant scion of a
0: powerful magic family.
3: I'm Phil Vecchione and I will be your GM. Welcome to story number two. Once again, we've got our table set up with our cards. I've got the X card out for our content editing, and I've got our script change cards, rewind, pause, and fast forward, out for content editing. You all have your plot points. And as we uh, get ready to start story number two, let me set everything up. It is two weeks later since the end of story one. We're firmly now into March. Our March in the game mimics our March here in Buffalo. So it is in the low 30s, mid 40s. There's like some snow, but not really that much snow anymore. It's like starting to melt. And if you're from Buffalo, or I guess if you're in other places like in the north, we've still got like the big dirty snow chunks in parking lots and things like that kind of littered about. It is also not terribly sunny this time of year. Yeah, (laughs) there's a lot of blah. It is not completely. (laughs) Thank you. It is not completely given way to the vibrant spring that we all enjoy, but it has also winter has not let go completely. We're in that weird in between.
2: I love this time of year. I hate this time of year. This time of year sucks.
3: It's not my favorite, but I like it better than full winter. So it's making progress. We're going in the right direction. I'd like to give a quick shout out to Andy. Senda and Jared, who created all of our magical students that you're going to meet later on in the episode. So thanks to those guys for putting together some uh, NPCs for me. And I have a character question that I'm going to ask around the table, and I just need a brief answer. If it comes up during the session, I'll have you elaborate more on it. But this one comes from Andrew, who asks, what rumor is circulating around school about you? What's the seed of truth and what's over-exaggerated or under-exaggerated? And then did you start the rumor or did somebody else? Jerry, you want to lead us out on this one? Sure.
0: Those who have listened to other episodes know that T's brother commented that uh, he had some sort of a bad experience with a previous date. Um, the rumor is that he did go on two dates with Abby Sparks' daughter, who is a electricity mage. And the normal people at school just know that they broke up and it was a very public breakup in a mall. And rumors are that she got mad at him and slapped him. Rumors are that maybe she threw a drink in his face. And there's rumors that she kicked him in the mommy daddy button and then he ran away. Either way, it didn't end well. And there's lots of rumors about how extreme it is. And nobody's talked. Neither of us have talked about
3: why. In the vernacular of TikTok, in the no-no square. No-no square. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. I like that too. I like how um, Phil drops Gen Z bombs on us. I, I, we, I listen those- to
3: a lot of TikTok. It's, <laughs> what can I say?
0: The rumors have been started by anybody who just kind of saw that it was that it broke up. So it was not started by T or by Abby for that
3: matter. To make matters worse, I'm going to elaborate here. Abby doesn't go to your school. She goes to a nearby school. So it's not even like Abby can be in school to smooth these over. Mm -hmm. It's just that this thing has taken on like a life of its own. And of course, she
0: can't talk about it, about what actually happened with her normal friends either, because the reality of it is that was a setup by her parents She's a perfectly nice person, and she's all excited about the Veil and about Ascending, and this was before T ascended, so he was completely not about that at all. Being kind of curmudgeon and dealing with some problems of his own, he was kind of a dick about it, much like what happened with Sergi. So he said some things that were just not polite, nothing super offensive, just kind of not polite and kind of harsh or yum, so she broke up with him. He kind of feels bad about that, because now he kind of feels like he treated her like he was an asshole, which he did.
1: Is Lexington High the name of the high school? Because it should be, and it should be the Wicked
3: Wizards with their mascot, because that's funny, and they're our rivals. I think that's a thing. Uh, you have another rival. I'm going to save the rival, but Lexington High is perfectly fine.
1: Oh, man, we have another rival? Oh, you wait. Okay. I'm, is I'm it,
3: unveiling them shortly. Is it better than the Wicked Wizards? Get it? Unveil? Uh, we'll see.
0: <laughs> Whoever our other rival is, you realize Toby has to go there. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, I'm just dropping stuff.
3: No, Make Lexington home. High is great. We'll use Lexington High and Abby goes to
1: Lexington there High. There is no Lexington High in Buffalo.
3: That's fine. Good. There is now. Just so we all,
1: so we all know in, in real world. Yeah. This. The rumor is, is that I broke with Messamay and she left high school because of it.
3: Because she was so broken up yes.
1: by it. So broken up. No one's seen her for four weeks now. Yeah,
3: that's getting
1: weird. And that's the story that her mom put out there.
3: Yeah, like her mom so is also. Her mom
1: gone. is the reason that that rumor exists because her mom knows she's gone, but her mom is also a, a magical isolator. The seed of truth is that she's gone, right? Like, she's actually gone. You're not doing anything to fight that rumor, right? Nope. Nope. Helps me. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm confused, though, because I've been trying to commune with this sword for four weeks now. <laughs> it's not going well. It's not going well. I still haven't figured out how to put it into the pocket dimension yet. Hopefully that'll happen this week. Sure. Hey, Gunny.
2: The rumor for Gunny is there's some question as to how he managed to get into the special club. The oh, junior yeah. Junior Guardians, is that what Yeah, Junior it?
3: Guardians. You suddenly mid-year got accepted to the Junior Guardians.
2: Like, where? How, how does this kid rate being in the Junior
3: Guardians all of a sudden? Yeah, rumors are kind of abounding. There's all number of things. You know who hates this the most is Lisa. Because Lisa is not part of the Junior Guardians and can't be. But now that you are and you are, it does not bode well for, for her. She's mad. She's big angry. Cool. Okay, thank you for your rumors. Andrew, thank you for your... Question. We'll do these at the beginning of each session as a little warm up. Yeah, thanks for a good question. That was excellent. And now on to our story milestones for tonight. 1 XP when you help a magical person. Maximum two times per scene. I don't want you spamming that thing up. 3 XP when you make a magical discovery. Might be some things to discover tonight. And ominously, or foreshadowing, 10 XP when the ritual is finished. Leave that right there on the table. Dun, dun, dun. Cool. Let's get into it. Two weeks later. It is March. We're going to start in school. uh, And we start in the auditorium. And we start with the following. We are at war. In war, only the strongest will crush their enemies. Our enemies The snobby Lockwood Academy. By the way, for our locals, modeled off of Nichols.
1: It would have been better if it was Lancaster. You missed. I did not.
3: (laughs) I did not.
0: Okay, that's fine. They're better now. Remember that. They're better now. (laughs)
3: Okay, okay. (laughs) Our enemies, those snobby Lockwood Academy students. Next week, we travel to their campus to do battle and we will be fierce. Therefore... We are playing the academic version of King of the Hill to decide who's going to be captain for the match as Lisa makes her second stride across the stage and looks down at all of you sitting there in academic decathlon on your free period.
1: Lisa, it's it's, it's
3: just smart people being smart. I mean, really war? War? Come on, guys, take this thing
2: seriously. We can't lose to Lockwood, anybody but Lockwood. Oh, I get it. Yeah, I mean... I mean, we're going to kick their ass, but that's beside the point. I mean, War, why are you being so aggressive about it? I mean, we know we're going to kick their ass, but... Because we have to win,
3: fist in hand, right? Why do we have to win? It's Lockwood, the one with all the fancy tutors, with all the money, with their special coaches to make them, like, the top premier league in academic decathlon in Buffalo. No, we are the scrappy underdogs in this match, and we are going to prevail. Like the 300 that stood... Come on, you guys have seen that movie. Um, Lisa, you do recall that the 300 all died. Yeah, not only that, but it wasn't really 300. They had like thousands of other soldiers with them. See, this is what I'm talking about. Yes, this is the kind of knowledge that's going to get us to win. And to do it, we are going to play King of the Hill. I am King of the Hill. You two... Are gonna try to knock me off and be captain for the next match. And if you can't, I'm gonna stay captain. Okay. Who's
1: first? So are we not gonna let Arlo compete? She's like poor Arlo's like sitting
3: in the corner listening to this. Arlo's the middle guy. He's always our middle question guy. Who's captaining? Come on, um, um guys, I really don't want to be captain. That that's fair, I'm perfectly
1: Arlo. good just answering questions. Yeah, yeah Arlo, that's good. Arlo, I know that's why I okay. I just wanted to give you the option.
2: And all right, Silas, would you like to? I'll go first.
3: Gunny, she tosses you the box of questions. She cracks her knuckles. She's like, this is going down just like physics class. What's the first question? Hmm. Let's get some dice out here. Yep. In order to do this, we're just going to do a contest. Okay. And then a contest. So we're going to do two contests. The first one is Lisa and Silas. Who goes first? Your choice. I go first. There you go. Here's how this goes down, because, you know, I realized something
1: about contests. I am learned in spite of being talentless, but I'm also going to underestimate Lisa to get a D4 and a plot point. Give me a plot point, please.
3: Passing one down.
2: Well played, sir.
3: (laughs) A plot point, my lord. Thank you. Appreciate that. My geek dies at D10. I'm just going to pause you for a second. For our listeners, what you just did there was you turned your D8 distinction Uh into a D4 to pick up the plot point. Which is a special effect that every distinction gets. Yes. And by doing so, you now have a one in four chance of rolling a one. Which is a complication, which will, you know, cause me some problems. Exactly.
1: And my school dies a D8. And, you know, it's good enough for now. I'm fine with this. Set the pace. I'm going to set the pace. Do I need an effect die? You do not. I got a 10. 10 total? Yeah. I'm
3: feeling pretty confident. Uh, Lisa is represented by 2D8. She is no slouch in the academic arena. And her distinction, which we learned last story, is the classroom is my arena. Uh She picks up an extra D8. Got a B to 10? Here I come. So the questions are now going down. We see this montage of Gunny reading questions and, like, each of you answering correct, correct.
2: Two or three questions in,
3: I start flicking the cards away after the question is asked. (laughs) I can easily put that together. That is a 13. Okay. So if I were to just withdraw from this
2: contest...
1: Yes. I get a plot point, don't I? Uh you do. Hmm, I'm just deciding if Silas cares
2: enough to deal with
1: this situation.
2: It could be that you realize how important it is to her and you might wanna Yeah, she's been kinda of like she's been kind of like
1: awful like the last two weeks, and I don't really care that much if she gets to be the captain of this. This has nothing to do with my academic record or anything like that. Not sure. really. So I'll just withdraw and be like, Oh, I don't know this one. Oh, you got it. Give me a plot point. Passing that down to you. I am go. positioning myself for future future in the game yeah mm-hmm. so
3: yes she's like yes like she a little pumped and I go good job Lisa good job and I give her I give her the clap thank you Silas she gives she gives you a nod she's like well fought as always all right, Gunny. I don't give her the clap. I just clap for her.
2: I was, I was so, just going to let I was that so go with you
1: and I wasn't going to go there either. <laughs> it just occurred to me that everybody listening was probably like, "Oh, make the joke."
0: Oh. I said nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Not going to go there. Professional.
2: Okay, I will ask questions now.
1: What um, is the square root of I guess
2: <laughs> um, tell me the one idea. would say is girl. What was it's the capital
1: of Memnon Herana in the time period of Memnon Herana?
2: She's like, yeah,
3: junior guardian, let's go.
2: Ooh. (laughs) Why you got to throw punches early? Okay. I will, of course, initiate this fiasco. Anything that has anything to do with academics is important to me because I feel like I can't let my mom down. So I will be using my distinction. I can't disappoint my mom. That is a D8. And then my geek is a D10. And also my school is a D10. And I'm bringing it. How about a 14 the printing
1: process in which ink is forced into recessed lines is called
2: all right
3: Lisa does not back down if Lisa's losing this contest she's going out on her shield so to speak so 14 huh that's pretty daunting there aren't a lot of ways I can pull a 14 off on this but let's see what happens with a two a six and a three even if I pulled in an extra uh, the extra die cannot beat it she stumbles chokes on the answer to a question, and she is out.
1: The Beatles had a minor crossover here with the song Act Naturally, a piece popularized by which country singer-songwriter?
3: These were actually academic to decathlon questions. I love it. Thank you. Well done. And Gunny, you are going to be captain next week when you face down the Lockwood Academy.
2: Okay, listen, just so you know, I may be captain for next week, but this is still a team event. Yeah, man, of course it is. And I need all of you. I'm not used to this captain stuff. <laughs>
3: you heard the captain. She's like, all right, it's settled. Who's going to be captain for next week? We got to just now get back into it. Everybody up to your spots on the tables and let's do a mock showdown.
1: Come on, Arlo. Let's go.
3: Yeah. Oof. That was intense. Um, All right. Also, Arlo looks at you. He's like, I know you know that answer. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) He's like, it's fine. I don't want to be captain either. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of pressure. A lot of pressure. Yeah, you can foresee that Lisa's going to have some problems by the time she gets to college. Oh, yeah. Really? I never would have guessed that. <laughs> She's going to burn out. Anyway, while that's all going on, in the back of the library while eating donuts, Sergey and T are hanging out behind the stacks with some Tim Hortons, Timbits. Sergey's like, come on, man. I want to know, like, what was your date like?
0: She was nice. She's um from Rochester and her family kind of knows my family a little bit. He's, oh, uh,
3: I, so your mom set this one up too? Yeah, mom
0: set this one up too. Okay, <laughs> let's put it this way: we've got a second date coming. I mean, you're
3: always good for two, right?
0: Wow, I guess I earned that. <laughs> I know how to keep my mouth shut this time, though. So,
3: all right, all right. So, what what was her name? Uh, Casey. Casey. Cool, cool. She came to Buffalo, but what mm-hmm. did, what did you guys do?
0: Oh, we went down to um the the kaiju the yeah all night indoor uh, golfing game place. Yes. And we just we played some golf. We uh chatted, we had some um you know golf and game pizza.
3: So nothing great. So as you're telling him this on a very mundane level, mm-hmm. the flashback part yeah. is that the all-night thing at the Kaiju is kind of known to be like a real magical hangout. We see you guys playing, but like you're playing golf among like all these other elementals and there are a few non-magical people there, but the Mm -hmm. general vibe is that non-magical people just don't typically show up. So you guys are all just kind of hanging out. We see you as your elemental selves.
0: Now, the Kaiju itself is kind of a cool place because the whole thing is set up so that all of the different courses look like famous cities for monster movies. So as you're playing golf, you literally look like the Kaiju stomping through the ruined parts of Paris and London and Tokyo and all that kind of thing. It adds to some of the fun of, of the golfing game.
3: So Sergey's like, so what was she like? Was she like, is she cool? Like what, like what was she, you know, I mean, the deets, man, the deets. I mean, she's cool, but not like she, she's quirky. She's uh, a little flighty and
0: all over the place. and It's kind of fun. She, she kept up with my own, whatever you want to call what I do when I'm talking. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, we, we got to hang out and uh, she's, she's kind of into what her family's into. That's all I can really say about this. A lot of the
3: conversation. It's like a big family person, right? Yeah. Well, no, no, she's part of the veil. No, no, I know. But he can't say that. So the cutaway piece that we see is that at one point she's like, oh no, you turned me to stone. But she's like an earth elemental, right? So (laughs) she like, she like freezes up for a second and then is like, oh, I'm stone. Get it? And then like.
0: And you get this reaction of first he just stares at her kind of deadpan and then he just tries not to laugh and just starts snickering. And he's holding it, think but all the snakes are giggling hysterically on his head. Right. <laughs> uh, and then he just loses it. He just starts. He he just oh, that was horrible. I love it. It's wonderful. I mean, it was nice. You know, he really said, I love it. He's like, oh, I, I mean, it was nice.
3: Um, She's like, easy there, tiger. Like she pats you on the back. She's like, first date, first date. <laughs> Sergey's like, so did anything surprising happen?
0: He pauses way too long and then
3: says, can I jump in with a flashback? Real yes. Quick? Yes, you should. Because this is something I can say anything about. So on The Midnight Kaiju game, Mm -hmm. an actual manticore Mm -hmm. takes position on the 18th hole and basically mocks everybody. It looks like from the veil, it just, you know, it looks like this big, fierce creature over the Mm -hmm. 18th hole. But in truth, this manticore just like has fun. He sits there on top of it and he's like, oh, my God, you're going to miss. Like, he just keeps making fun of you. His tail switches around on the thing. Yeah.
0: And. T completely overreacts when he sees an actual manticore. He doesn't have a lot of knowledge about how friendly these things are. So he starts to pull the sword out.
3: Whoa, easy, dude. Like He literally (laughs) says, whoa, dude, dude, it's it's just it's just an evening gig.
0: T just kind of like, oh, yeah. And and just completely blushes like bright, bright red. Like you can see it even in the darkness. Um, Yeah, um, we've got a manticore.
3: Casey's like. Easy there. Don't take it out on the first date. She's like, I'll shoot. And she like puts her ball down. Casey's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> he's laughing. A lot. He's like,
0: wow. Um, yeah. Okay. And he just puts the sword back again and he, he's relaxing. He's, they have some conversations and he's opening up to her a little bit about how he's now part of the veil vale. mm-hmm. and he's trying really hard not to go into how he didn't want to be part of the veil, vale, but he's actually enjoying it a little bit and they have a good time. He, he's actually enjoying himself
3: we see them eating pizza mm-hmm. we see the manicure come walking by like on his break and like looking at you like come on man it just keeps walking you <laughs> gotta go for your sword and stuff man just
0: work he'll, like, he'll, just... he'll look back at the manicure for a second and he'll like hold his finger up for one second and then he'll pull a piece of sausage off and like doesn't see what the manicure wants that wants it as he throws up he wants to throw it in his mouth
3: he just comes over and takes a slice oh. of pizza <laughs> it's like thanks man not a pet <laughs> it wasn't meant to be a pet
0: Remember, this is how he does he take, with his friends. He, like, he shoots, takes,
3: they shoot takes the sausage from your hand, puts it on the there pizza, and then like eats Good. the whole slice. He's like, thanks, man. <laughs> he like, heads off. He walks away. He's like,
0: I wasn't treating him like a pet. My friends and I shoot donut holes at each other all the time. This gig is definitely not
2: worth $8.50 an hour.
0: <laughs> Dude, it's 2023. There's no way that that person's
1: getting paid eight It's got to be at least $15. Correct. Yes.
3: <laughs> After school. Mm-hmm. You all attend the meeting of the Junior Guardians Club, much to the besmirchment of Lisa. (laughs) The first half of the club takes place in the classroom, and it's pretty dry, but it's the laws of the veil, and it's like driving school for the veil. So there's discussions like, this person suddenly cast a spell. Like, what would you do in that situation? I raise my hand. Yes, Silas. I would... Try to direct them away from any populated areas and
1: explain to them to stop casting spells in public.
3: Correct, Silas. So as we know, as long as we can avoid casting in front of non-magical people, we're not straining the shroud unnecessarily. The shroud can strain, it will mend itself, but if it strains too much and there are non-magical people around, that's when things like people start seeing things and we have bigger problems to deal with. So when somebody's casting and the shroud is getting strained, as long as we can make sure that they're either doing it where no one's around or we can get the non magical people away, it makes the situation better. Excellent answer. Good. Now that we've covered our in class stuff, let's head out and let's do some practicing outside.
0: Great. Sitting in the back of the class, he's actually taking notes this time. Puts his notebook away and tucks it away. I embarrassingly pick up my archery case.
3: You guys all march outside and go into the woods, not too far from where you guys in the first story cast your your ritual magic. Mm -hmm. And the club keeps a like basically a large area under a protection spell. And it's actually also under an environmental spell. So while it is cool and kind of crisp outside right now, once you walk into this grove of trees, it's actually pretty warm. You can take off your coat if you want. And it's dry. Like, it's pretty nice. Is it like 68 degrees like you would get in a uh, gym? Yeah. And it is shielded from non-magical people. Like, non-magical people won't see uh, anything but trees. You guys are like the last three to walk out there. And everybody else is kind of now working on stuff inside the grove. And so I'm going to give you a quick description because people had asked who else was in your class. I think you guys asked in story one. Mm -hmm. So uh, thanks to some of our... People in the Slack room, let me tell you about a few of your classmates. First of all, Bo. She's got black pigtails with bows in them. So Bo is taking a nap on the ground. Her specialty is actually sleep magic. She's taking a nap. Dreams and sleep. Uh, Robbie, he is built like a linebacker with red shaggy hair. And he's sitting on the ground taking bites out of various inanimate objects. A piece of rock, a tree... One of those steel thermoses. He's just taking bites out of it. His magical focus is uh, actually eating. Gabby, they have big eyes and very rarely blink. It's kind of a little creepy. They are sitting on the ground with a deck of cards face down and saying the name of a card and then flipping it over. And it's that card. Donatella is um, kind of the rich princess. She kind of runs in Silas's crowd when Silas enters the grove, like she comes over and is like, you have a minute? Yeah, Donna. No problem. Have you heard anything? No, I haven't. Heard I anything have texted about- Mesame. Like, I don't even care if she went to another school, but like ghosting us, not even texting. Like, what did you do to that girl?
1: Nothing. I just broke up with her.
3: Did you break up with her or did you like just ditch her? What's the
1: deal? No, I told her I did not want to see her anymore.
3: Face to face. You told her that? Yeah. <sighs> wow. Isn't that how you're supposed to do it? I guess I never some people got, send a text. I never
1: got down with this whole breaking up with somebody to text them, texting them by breaking
3: up. It seems it seems rude. No, I mean I think it's. I mean I think it's pretty straight up. But so you just broke up with her and she went to a different school. Like, uh, don't look at me. I, I'm not her. I'm just saying. Like, you don't look all that.
1: <laughs> Thanks, Donna. I Appreciate that.
3: There is Ash. They have uh, short brown hair and kind of a punk look to them, like a nose ring and. A um, punk rock shirt. And uh, Ash approaches uh, T. Hey. Hey, what's up? Not too much. Do you know uh, that uh, the Underground Spikes are playing downtown on the weekend? No, man. I missed all that. You want to go? Yeah, sure. Okay, cool. I figure you'd be down. It's going to be in like some basement of a house, but I figured you were still down. I'm not worried about basement of a house. Cool. Yeah, Underground Spikes are like some brand new punk band out of Toronto. They can't even play in bars yet. They're too young. So they're just like playing house parties. Nice. And just putting their music up, you know, for download. Uh, The next person is Dee. She is short, very bubbly. She is also an overachiever. So she runs in the smart pack of students. She comes right up to you, Gunny. And she's like, I am so excited that you are one of us. How did you keep that a secret? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's so cool. Like, I mean, I always thought you were cool in class, but I was like, I thought you were cool, like in a non-magical way. But then like now find out you're not only like cool, but you're like cool in a magical way. Like that is so awesome. Cool. So what are you doing? Like, what do you, do you need help with something? Like, can I help you like work on something?
2: Um, I'm just, you know, kind of going with the flow right now, trying to learn everything I can.
3: Come on, do you want to cast something? Like, what can you cast?
2: Like, I, I can cast a couple different
3: things. Like, do you want to see?
2: Yeah, go ahead.
3: Uh, all right, come on, come on. She, like, takes you and, like, takes you across the grove.
2: I kind of look over my shoulder. <laughs> it's Silas and
3: T. Silas looks like he's getting the what for. Donatella seems to be, like, dressing him down right now.
0: T just holds up his finger for Ash for a second, looks over at Gunny and goes and puts both thumbs up like
3: this. He's like, you got this. All right, what? uh Yeah, what do you want to show me? Dee's power is healing. She shows you some simple healing magic. So healing being pretty large, like it's a pretty large concept. She can actually do like the mend spell. She very quickly shows you like putting some things together, like some ripped fabric and stuff. She's like, I I practice mostly on fabric, but I I can do it like with cuts and like bruises and things like that. Like one time I got a cold and like cured myself. So if you ever get a cold or anything, just let me know. I'll
2: I can do it. I can fix it. What about like if that branch on the tree Got broken.
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you know what? uh, What kind of weapon do you have? Like, I have a rope dart. Like, I just wear like I wear it here. Or like, I I mean, sometimes I like put it away, but like sometimes I just like tie it around me and just like wear it to school. No one can see it because of the veil and stuff. But like, it's cool. But like, I have like you know rope dart. But like, what do you have?
2: I I have an axe.
3: Oh, perfect. Chop it into the tree. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Just go ahead. Like, summon it. Oh, oh. Do you need help summoning it? Uh, I don't know. Okay, well, try concentrating and just imagining the pocket space and then just, like, make the motion that you're reaching into the pocket space and, like, let it form in front of your hand. Here, hang on. And she, like, quickly takes off the rope belt and opens up the pocket space and stuffs it in there. And she's like, we'll do it together. Okay. Okay. They start doing that.
0: Goddamn, I love this girl
1: already. <laughs> this is the most awkward high school conversation I've seen in years. In any form of media. Okay. Whatever you say. <laughs> Oh, OK, I don't know how to talk to girls.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah, you, they've got I alone. got I got what he was doing. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, as that's all going on, we get to meet Natalie and Jesse. Natalie is she and Jesse is he. Natalie is exceedingly average, like in every way possible. Average grades, average looks. There's nothing notable. Like if you tried to describe Natalie, you'd never like you would just be like, I don't know. She's a girl with like brown hair. It's almost impossible to describe Natalie with any kind of characteristic. Does it seem like even if we try to? Nah, just Natalie seems pretty, like pretty plain. And Jesse, who um, Jesse sports the most mature beard. Other students are starting to get facial hair at this age. But Jesse has like a full beard and it like looks good. Not scraggly. it it, like Jesse's got a beard. Uh, And those two are actually sparring with each other. They've got weapons out and they're just going back and forth, dueling each other. What's Natalie's weapon and what's Jesse's weapon? Jesse is using two matching daggers. Jesse's area of magic is earth. Jesse is a earth elemental. So part of the fam. And Natalie is using a short sword, dueling knife. And Natalie is also blindfolded. That's all going on. And you're getting a lesson in like manifesting your axe and are starting to get the hang of it. Before I move to the next section, Silas, do you want to work on. Yes. Okay. I know what you're talking about. I'm putting my sword away. Okay. I'm trying to figure this out. This is where Miss Cortez is helping you. Like you're getting hands on like adult time kind of thing. So do you want to make a roll for this? I'm going to leave it to you. If you want to make a roll for this, we can make a roll and you can attempt to put the sword away. Story-wise, I want to make
1: the roll. I know how I eventually put the sword away. So the way that most people access their pocket space is that they focus on it. They open it up And then they can store it, right? Mm -hmm. To get a little meta on this. My problem is, is that my magic isn't my magic. Yes. I mean, not yet anyway. Yeah. So I can't do it that way. I know exactly how I will eventually figure it out, but it's not like that. Okay.
3: So if you want to make a roll for it, and I think you've been struggling with this, I'm just going to take 2d8 and set a difficulty. Okay. And I'll let you build up a pool. So go ahead and build up a pool, then I'll roll for your set difficulty.
1: I'm going to assume that because I can't do it in the standard veil way, this is outside of the veil. Oh, I think it's it, good. And it becomes, sure. it becomes mage then. Sure. I'm going to use one of my um, distinctions. I'm going to use a frozen soul that's not my own to figure this out. Oh. Which is a D8, but I'm going to reduce my veil die to a D4 to step up my mage die by one step that lasts until the sun sets.
3: Are you... Um- I don't get a plot. Oh, I'm for, sorry. I thought you were. I
1: thought you were. Heading no. For, oh, you. this shuffle. is a This is a shuffle. Thank you. All right. This is a special effect. You're, this is a special effect I'm using based on a frozen soul. It's not my perfect. Own. Excellent. Thank so you. So then I'm a, I'll use my mage die in this role because mm-hmm. it's not this. I've tried the veil stuff constantly. It's just not working. That means my veil die is a D4 until the sun sets. Okay. And then I will use my uh, is this emo? Or is this
3: geek, geek jock? What is this? I will let you pick. You tell me by approach. Like, how are you focusing on this? Are you focusing on the weird of this? Are you focusing on this academically or no, with
1: your heart? I, I am focusing on this with my with my heart. Okay. It's probably emo, right? Uh, emo is, we. yeah, emo is fine for this. Yeah, it's only a D4, which is a problem, but that's okay. Which is why probably I'm having such a hard time with this. Yes. All right, so let's roll and we'll figure it out if, if I figure it out.
3: Okay, so I'm going to set your difficulty. <laughs> uh, well, I have an eight and a one. Okay. So, okay. Uh, I got a 13. All right. So here's what
1: happens. Yeah, yeah. I've been trying to figure this out by figuring it out mentally. I'm realizing that this magic isn't mine. And SMA was way more emotional with her magic than I was. So I start tapping into the emotion of who she was, like my memories of her, how she felt to me doing that. A chill comes across my body. And instead of that normal like white glow of whatever the pocket space is, I get a blue one. And then I can finally take my sword and slide it in there. Is it but in, I start is it in
3: front of you or is it still in your no, chest? No, it's it's okay.
1: it's not in front of me. It's it's at my hip. Okay. Because that's where Mesame's was. Okay. Because it's like a rapier for it's a rapier. Sure. And that's where she stored hers. It was very flourishing. So finally I managed to do it, but like as I do it, like I start crying. Perfect. Because I yep. remember exactly what it felt like to have her around. Yeah. I like it. It's excellent. Yeah, that's a magical discovery.
3: Uh yeah. Mark that. If you had a reason, I don't know if you do, I don't know if there's anything we can do with the one that I have. It's yours if you want it. How about we do this? So if. I've been trying
1: to understand this magic that I don't get, right? I'm trying to commune with the sword to figure out what's going on. I don't know if it's a thing that you have in the story to come out eventually or whatnot.
3: About like what's actually going
1: on? Or at least how this magic works or me having a better understanding of it. Got a little coming down the pike. If there isn't, I would buy that and put a D6 on the table and then pay for it to be permanent to be like beginning to understand. Uh, I like it. And then when it gets to a D12 at some point, I will then oh, understand something more about what's going on. I'm happy if you want to clock this. Yeah, I want to clock it. Okay. I think that'd be fascinating. I think that's fascinating. Here, I'll spend a plot point to make a permanent two. Okay, sounds good. Here, a plot point to, to buy it and then a plot point to make it a permanent effect in the game. Ooh. Good catch. Thanks. Makes sense. That's how the rule I love works. It. That's how the rule works. If I spent one plot point, it would stay till the end of the scene. If I spent two plot points, it makes it more of a permanent permanent trade on the table.
3: Cool. So understanding how my magic works is now a D6. Also, if
1: you don't want to give me the thing when I eventually get there, uh we can use that to be the thing that triggers my uh, the manifestation of my other power.
3: Yeah, oh, I like where we're going. Okay. Let's let's drive that car. All right. I like where it's going. I don't think we're going to try to push that to a D12 all in one session, but no, I like Not at all. I just so I'm leaving it sure, there. Sure, but I like what you got going on here. Cool. So after you successfully put it away, Ms. Cortez is like, "Oh, look, you did it. You did it." And then sees that you're crying and is like, Oh no! It's it's good. It's a good. It's a good thing. Like I'm
1: sorry, Miss Cortez. I'm I'm sorry. I, I wipe, wipe the tears away real quick. No, it's it's no, okay. I, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm s- just a memory.
3: We all access our magic from different places. It appears that you are accessing your magic from your heart, which is my weakest die. <laughs> You're like, but but by brain. Uh huh. <laughs> like, That's how I fight. Why why can't I access it from the brain?
1: There may be some emo bumping. In the future now.
3: And I think we see off in the distance, we see Gunny pulling his axe out of the tree and we see D mending the tree over, passes her hands over and the trough of where the axe was disappears. And she's like, see, look, I did it.
2: That That is pretty cool.
3: And you and Ash are like sitting there with earbuds in listening to this like new Underground Spikes song. We'll actually be sparring. Underground punk music is perfect for fight music. Sounds and, good. Uh,
0: We'll start by just going through some basic katas and then speed up and actually, like, you will know,
3: connect. What does Ash use for a weapon? Uh, Ash's choice of weapon is... Let me look. Oh, a scythe.
0: Okay, that's awesome.
3: Ash is pretty badass. And their focus is light. So the scythe drips glowing droplets of light, like tears.
2: Okay, that's cool. Yeah.
3: yeah. Ash is also a theater kid, just to be clear. Like. No. <laughs> yes. <like> just... <laughs> yeah. I know it's a stretch, but... That goes on for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then Miss has calls the three of you over. Looks like everybody's having a good afternoon so far. Yeah. Good. I'm actually really, I'm really glad to see you're adapting uh, really well to everything over the last two weeks. Like, seem to be a little more settled. Yeah, I'm I'm. I'm kind of getting the hang of it. Yeah, I so saw you summon your axe. That looked really good. And Silas, uh, Silas has managed to uh, put away his sword. I pull my sword out. You parked Just, it. I pull my
1: sword out. Yeah, awesome, dude. Then I put it back away. It hurts a little, emotionally. Okay, Silas? Yeah, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. Cool. Fine. I'm, I'm congratulations. trying to do yeah. it for
2: how long? I know.
1: Congratulations. Thanks. That's pretty awesome. It's good yeah, yeah, it's, it's good. You just give me a second, guys. I'm going to take a walk. Okay.
3: <laughs> I'll let you guys catch Silas up when he comes back, but I would like you guys to go on a little group exercise, the three of you. Okay. So I would like you to uh, look into something for me. I've been sensing some strains in the shroud near Stingelmeyer Park. Are you familiar where it is? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just up the road, right? Mm Mm-hmm. I'm I'm just getting a sense of the shroud being strained in that area. I drove by it this morning on the way to work. I could feel it. Uh, I didn't have time to stop and investigate it. So I'd like you two and Silas to uh, head out to the park now. Like, you guys can just leave right from here. And, um... Go figure out what's causing the strain and, um, and deal with it. Okay. T? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. That sounds like a plan. T and Silas will help you out with it, but it'll give you three, a chance to, uh, hang out some more, get used to working as a group. And also this will give you a good opportunity for the things that, uh, we as members of the veil vale, have to kind of deal with in order to keep our world a secret.
0: Okay. Yeah. We, we've been on these before. All so, right. So, uh, Sure, let's do it. Yeah, Follow my lead, and when in doubt, you can ask Silas. He knows more about the Veil than any of us, so you've seen how smart he is.
2: Oh, hell yeah. Very so good.
0: We'll go wander over and find out where Silas is standing. Silas is standing over in the
1: forest, off near the edge of the barrier. Mm-hmm. When he turns and looks, you see like there's like a quick sheen of
0: like blue across his eyes that fades real quick. t has been around Silas long enough that he knows something's been going on, so when they get close, he actually stops and just... We should wait here for a second. Looks over at Silas, just gives Silas a chance to walk back over to us. Okay. You ready for a road trip? Uh, where are we going? Uh, sticklemire Park. Something weird is pushing on the shroud there.
1: By the way, the blue flashing over my eyes is the fact that I used that ability, which makes my ma- mage go up and my veil go way down, because mm-hmm. it's very illegal what I just did. Yeah. I'm basically using somebody else's magic.
3: Yeah. I mean... I don't understand how I'm doing it, but I'm doing it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's hard It's hard to know that it's somebody else's at this point. Most, true. Most people can't tell that, like, just from a casual look.
1: Are we taking your car or my car? We take mine. It's fine. All right. Uh, then I look at my car, which is a lime green beetle, and I'm like, maybe we should take yours. All right. Since you two are both kind of tall.
3: I believe it's a generic <laughs> Nissan sedan, right? It yeah. Is.
1: Thank you for joining us for Misdirected Mark Plays. Now let's do some Patreon shout outs to thank those wonderful patrons who support our show. Let's start with the Royal Court. Ty Pruny, also known as Lord Timonger. Lars Henrik Evjan, the Lord out of time. Jim, the Royal Merchant Emeritus, Grammatic Chameleon, the Queen's Spy Mistress, Schmidty, the Keeper of the Labyrinth, Andrew Dacey, the Warden of Whiskies, Andy Olson, the Duke of Dice, John Carney, the Court Necromancer, Craig, the Lord of One Name, Tiberius Starcrash Smith, the Baron of Britannia, and Kevin Lovecraft, the Royal Beard. Also representing our patrons are Chris Constantine, Miko Froelich, Eric Simon, Huxley, Kathleen Halperin, Christopher Gamelk, Michael Beck Asparum, Joseph No, Carlos, Heptilemma, Dilemma, Michael Draper, Cubano, Alice Kira, Jim Fitzpatrick, Branley Harris, Steve Radabaugh, Roy McLeod, Ninjabi, Richard Wyatt, Joseph Peralta, J.T. Evans, Brian Kurtz, my Brett, not my Brett, but somebody's Brett, Chris Steele, Jared Rasher, Eileen Barnes, and Brandon Barnes. Thank you so much for being our patrons. If you'd like more content like this, you can find it on our website at misdirectedmark.com want some more go to our patreon page at patreon.com mmp there's a bunch of bonus episodes there's our after show the Bamboo Lounge Podcast, our MM plays game stuff, like our setting for the this game, The Children of the Shroud, my game development notes for the Lamplighter system are on there, our character sheets are on there, our mod stuff is on there, all sorts of stuff is on there, and you get access to our Slack room. And that's important because that's the best way to get a hold of us. But if you don't want to get a hold of us that way, you can reach us using email, mmp at misdirectedmark.com. You can also use Twitter. The best place is at misdirectedmark. Now, we have some other shows on this network. We have Pandas Talking Games, The Gnome Cast, Bonus Experience, and Thaka with Advantage. Let's dig a little deeper into one of those shows. Pandas Talking Games. Queer gamers talking about tabletop role-playing games and making outtakes. Join Pandas Phil and send every Wednesday answering listener questions about playing, running, and designing tabletop roleplaying games. Get cozy and let's talk about some games. Now, if that's still not enough, we have some friends who make podcasts. There's the Tabletop Bellhop, your board game concierge, the Knights of the Night who make excellent APs, and Mastering Dungeons with Sean Merwin and Teos Abadia. They're still doing their 5th edition thing, and you can catch them on the podcasts or on YouTube. Speaking of YouTube, How to RPG is by Sean P. Kelly of Gaming MBS. It's one of my favorite things going on on the internet on YouTube right now, and if you want a variety of games to talk about, go check it out over there. He is live on Saturday mornings. At 9 a.m. Eastern. Well, with that, this has been a Mr. Ectomark Production, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Mic Drop. We out.